podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to a brand new podcast on the TAT. I'm joined by Connor. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. Uh, today, we're going to be talking uh, about three or four different things. Uh, we're going to be covering all things Champions League. Obviously, we were left in heartbreak. Uh, we haven't actually spoken about this yet. We didn't do a preview. We haven't done a review. So, we will start off with that. Um, we're also going to cover all things Liverpool Parade, Mane, Salah. They're the main talking points. So, yeah, if, if that interests you, stick around, grab a cuppa or whatever you do. And... Uh, yeah, just uh, enjoy the pod. Uh, just with Connor today, so it's just going to be a straight up back and forth conversation. Um, let's cast your minds back to Saturday then, Connor. Um, look, I know this isn't necessarily a game we want to be talking about right now, but um, mate, how was it for you? Where did you watch the game and how disappointing was you at full time with what happened? I watched the game in, in London. Obviously, we, we spoke about going up to Liverpool in our, and we were talking about it initially with um, Holmes and Jamie. Uh, ended up staying in London, went into London. Um, there's there's not much... The problem I have with this game, and the problem I think every Liverpool fan has with it, and I don't really want to delve into it too much, but it needs to be spoken about, and it always needs to be spoken about. The football wasn't the most important thing on the night. Absolutely. And I think, and I don't, and, and there will be people listening to this who aren't Liverpool fans, right? Because I know people love seeing us struggle or love seeing us talk about uh, anything that, you know, when we have a bad day and whatever. But if this was your club or if this happened to you, and I, I know a few friends that are Chelsea fans and it happened in Lille earlier on in the year in the Champions League. When the football is outweighed by pol- political stuff and things that happen off the pitch, you have to ask yourself the question, is is that what it's about? Yeah. At the end of the day, we've played Real Madrid before, we've played them in Kiev. None of this happened. None of this. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're and, and what the government, the French government are basically telling us is three years, four years down the line, suddenly there's forty, fifty thousand people with fraud tickets, but none of that happened in Ukraine. Come on. Wake up a little bit. And I, and that's all I'm really gonna say about that part of it. I don't know if Ben wants to say any more when, when I finish. But just wake up, right? If you've been there or you were there, go and fill out the form. Go and make sure that your voices are heard because this is not the end of this. We will continue to fight this battle as a club, as a community, no matter what, because that's the most important thing. And what matters is that we get it sorted and make sure that we clear our own name. Um, In terms of the football, I don't actually think we were that bad. I think our performance was one of the best in the Champions League this season. Um, I also think maybe 15 minutes into the game, if we'd scored, the game would have been totally different. Um, you have to take your hat off to Thibaut Courtois, who I said in a different podcast before the game that he was really quiet, hasn't had the best season, sort of you saw the best of him at Chelsea. And he really showed his class um, against us and he really showed that he can do it on a big stage. And that, and for him, fair play, that's probably good for him moving forward. Obviously, I know he lost his plaque at Atletico Madrid because of his performance. I know they ripped it up um, the day after. But in in cases where we, we looked good, we looked sharp, we looked like we were going to score. And, and like I said, if we scored early, 
I honestly think that game would have been a different story. I mean, the Mane chance that Courtois tipped onto the post. Mm. You've got the Salah one late on where, you know, he's going across the goal and Courtois just sort of makes that reaction save. There's chances. And and that's the most important thing that we have to think about. And if you take anything away from the game, you've got to remember that we have pushed the best side in Europe for 90 minutes. And it took one lapse of judgment from a player and I don't want people to start giving him grief and all that stuff, right? At the end of the day, if you were his age and you've played in three Champions League finals already, come on. But yeah, I, 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 there's a, like I said, there wasn't much football to talk about after that, especially for, for fans. But we have to be proud. We have to remember we've played every single game this season. We've done everything we can. We've taken the champions of England to the last day of the season. They've had to come from behind, have a magnificent performance against a Gerrard side that looked like they'd done the job. We've done our part. We beat Wolves. But they've done theirs as well. And that's what you have to remember. And then the last two games of the season are obviously where we've been at fault. But you can take nothing away from this season. Like we said before the podcast, before we started, Ben, this is a successful season. Yes, there should have been more success and we will look back at it maybe in a couple of years' time and think about that, oh, we could have won everything. But to be in that position anyway, no one else is in that position. No other mm-hmm. team in the world can say that they're in that position and I think that's what's crucial. That's why we are so good. Listen, mate, everything you said, I uh, completely echo from the horrendous stories coming out. Not even stories, just the horrendous nonsense that's coming out about our fans from before the game and even after the game. I completely agree with everything you've said and I will talk about it in just a moment, but I also want to say we're looking at doing a podcast dedicated to that. So um, if that does happen, keep your eyes out. We're going to try to get a couple of people on there, maybe a couple of people that were actually at the game because I think it's crucial now that our fans do the talking and get the truth out. Um, there's nothing better than these fans, you know, every time. We're asked to to come together for our team, for our fans. We do it and we manage to to get what what our fans deserve. So hopefully we're going to be doing that soon. It's going to be a tough one to record, but it has to be spoken about. And look, I know loads of people that were there. They're all saying the same thing. They're all telling me the exact same stories. Um, Jamie won't mind me saying this because he said it on my channel. Big up, Jamie. He's been on the pod before, but his mother literally is the most harmless person you'll ever come across. I know this because I, I went to Man City, the 2-2 at Anfield, and I sat with them. Um, lovely, lovely woman. Wouldn't say boo to a goose. And she was just manhandled. She's covered in bruises, and it's absolutely disgusting. And that's just one person, just one individual. Um, Jamie, if you are listening, you're a bigger man than me, bro, because if anyone did that to my mum, I, I don't know what where I'd be right now, but... I'll just leave that there. But yeah, um, like Connor said, if you haven't, if you did go to the game, make sure you fill out that form. It is absolutely crucial that they gather all the the information, all the the statements from the fans that were there, all the experiences. I know it's tough to talk about, but this is going to help us massively win the case against the um, absolute scum that are are running your way for basically the guys in France. So yeah, uh, we will talk about it again another time. But for the football, you're absolutely right. I ne- I didn't really see anything in the performance that made me angry or annoyed that we lost. Um, it's probably, in fact, no, it definitely is the best we've played in the Champions League final so far. That's our third one now under Klopp. Um, didn't play particularly well against Tottenham when we won it. We just got the early goal, sat back a bit, 
contained whatever they threw at us and then got a, a late goal in the end. And then obviously Kiev was Kiev. Uh, but this was the game where we actually controlled it. I feel like we had the better chances. Obviously, we've got the best team we've had, um, you know, in our lifetime, really. So this was the chance for me. And I always said, like, throughout the season, the start, I did predict us to win the league. But as the season went on, I maintained the fact that uh, the Champions League is probably going to be our best bet this season. Um, obviously, the league kind of went out of our hands a bit. So I just wanted to throw everything at this. And we did. We did throw everything at it. That's why we got to the final. Um, it was an incredible Champions League campaign. So many amazing games, even in the groups. You know, that AC Milan one that kick-started the whole thing was an absolutely sensational game of football. Um, and that was a game, to be honest, where I just sat back at the end of it and thought, I am so glad that we managed to get top four last season because these are the games that just make you fall in love with this club and the players. So if you think about it, we could have been in the Europa League this season. It went down to the last day and we got top four. So for anybody that is, you know, saying this, like all this stuff about our season, just think of what it could have been. It easily could have been a Europa League or even Conference League season. If we had any other manager, I truly believe we would have finished sixth, seventh, eighth, minimum, maximum, sorry. You know what I mean? Like if it wasn't for Klopp last season, we wouldn't even be thinking about being in this position. Um, but yeah, the the way we lost the game, I, I thought it was a sloppy goal to, to concede, to be fair. And a lot of people are debating who's at fault. I don't really care, to be honest. I think there was a, a number of factors. I think Robbo pushed up too high. I think Virgil didn't necessarily do too much wrong because that's just how Virgil defends. And 99 times out of 100, it works. He just stands off his man and they don't know what to do because he's Virgil van Dijk. And then I think Trent... Um, was obviously playing the man on side, Vinicius. But it's very unfortunate because Benzema, he seriously considers going for that ball and he's in an offside position. So if he just wasn't concentrating and stuck his foot up to go for the ball, it would have been disallowed. But it is what it is. Um, I was actually not Nottingham watching the game. Um, I didn't go to Liverpool either because there was literally nowhere to stay. Literally every single hotel in the city was booked. Even in Manchester, really tough to find one. And then obviously you've got to commute to Liverpool from there. It's a bit of a, a pain. So we um, we didn't go. Um, we watched it at home. And then obviously the next day, the parade. We was going to go to that. I'm not going to lie. Um, but when we lost... <laughs> My brother, he just refused to go because we would have had been up at a stupidly ridiculous time. And to his credit and, you know, to, to defend him a bit and to defend me as well, because I had to agree to this. You, you don't want to wake up at that 6am, do you, mate, after losing a Champions League final? No matter how much you want to support these guys, that day, right up until the parade started, I didn't want to speak to anyone. Like, I just wanted to stay in bed, drown my sorrows a bit and then watch the parade. And that leads me on to my next point beautifully, mate. Um, did you get a chance to watch the parade on the old YouTube? Yeah, I did. Um, I was. How did was... that make you feel, mate? Overwhelmed, but not overwhelmed in a sense where upsetting. Um, overwhelmed in the fact that no matter what happens, this club is special. Um, People that don't call this season a success, go and talk to the 500,000 people that stood on the streets of Liverpool and cheered this mm. bus round. Right? You see all those pictures about the bus with no one round it. Who is going to follow a bus round with no players in it? There's the, the, the famous photo of, oh, this is Liverpool's parade. 
um, and it was the photo of the bus with no one on it. The bus actually going to pick the players up. <laughs> like, wow, you've taken a photo of the bus leaving its bus at Central. It's where it comes from, and you're already trying to downgrade what we've done. You know, may I remind you, the only other team to win any type of silverware this year domestically is Man City and Leicester, if you talk about the Community Shield. Um, obviously, Chelsea went and won the, the Super Cup and the World Cup, uh, the Club World Cup, but they're different, but they're still achievements. Um, because I know there will be a, some Chelsea fans saying, and me talking them down, a cup is a cup, a trophy is a trophy. You win it, you've won some sort of success. Um, it's remarkable how many people come out. Um, the photos are incredible. The the live stream was incredible. And like you said, you woke up Sunday morning, you didn't really want to do anything. Um, yeah. Really upsetting. Um, it's heartbreaking to lose to Madrid again. And I think the thing for me, and I don't know if you agree with it, I, I spent too long on Twitter Saturday night. And I was flicking yeah. through tweets and I just saw everyone talk down on us. And it hurts. And it's upsetting. And it... And you think to yourself, the, the the Salah when he put, we still got work to do, and they're taking the piss out of him. And sorry, they're taking the sorry, they're taking the mick out of him. And it's like, it's just like how the, you put it perfectly in a tweet. I'm trying to get my words right because I want to get them right and not obviously talk. You said in the tweet, some team's biggest success this year is watching Liverpool lose. Mm-hmm. Congratulations! Yeah, what a trophy one for those what, teams? What a trophy! If we could all hand you medals, we would. <laughs> you know, it's true though, isn't it? Some like... of the biggest teams, Man United fans, are going, and, and I'm gonna, pull, I'm gonna point them out especially, and Man United and Arsenal fans, people like that. Arsenal, North London is white. You finished in the Europa League. United, you can't even put kick a ball five yards without having someone intercept it like it's and I don't know if people listen to this and they're going to clip this because they love to hear people moan but if your best thing in the season is us losing then you've really got to think about your own team Mm. like it's remarkable the closest team to us was 18 points away your clubs finished 18 points minimum behind us in the Premier League Mm. says a lot about your club let's what let's let's focus on our club and let's focus what we're doing right 90 point season yes okay we've lost it again but any other season if City haven't done as well as they have you win with 90 points that's the thing we have yeah, to take fuck. away from it Champions League if we beat Real Madrid that would have been gutting for them considering the season that they've had in the Champions League PSG Chelsea Man City congratulations to them at the end of the day, they've had that run and it's fully deserved for everything they've done in the run-up and the build-up to this this game. Um, if you'd played this final in September and October, and I'm going back to it shortly, Sheriff would be champions of Europe at the moment. If you think about it. Mm. But no, I know we're talking about the parade now. It's just, it's sad. I think what we're going to get into about um, the Mane situation, you saw that Mane was quite... There's photos of Mane looking quite upset or sort of not emotional as such, if you know what I mean. Wasn't really in, like getting involved in the parade at times, was sort of just reminiscing and taking all of it in. 
and I think that that was a hard watch. That was something that was was quite hard to watch because you know we know the the situation with Bayern. But no, I know I've gone on a massive tangent. Yeah, no. Um, I'm sorry about that, Ben. I know I went on a tangent. Um, it's it was a special day. Um, I'm really really happy about it. Um, lifted my mood massively seeing Jurgen Klopp talk and smile and all of them have a good time. It, it definitely lifted my mood. And 24 hours later, after the Champions League, I'm not really thinking about it. Um, obviously, there's more to talk about it. The one thing that obviously did get to me was um, many fans, um, majority Chelsea. Um, saying about how we celebrated on the the, um, the anniversary, obviously, of the Heisler. And I think that's something they didn't see. And like you said, they didn't see what we'd done before the, get, before, um, the parade, laying our wreath, paying our respects. And it, and it just comes around, and it just so happens that the day after the Champions League, we're commemorating the Heisler. And I just think everyone's finding something to dig at at the moment at Liverpool because mm. it, it makes them feel better as such. Yeah, he's spot on. And look, it's just one of those things, isn't it, where, you know, the Heisel thing is obviously something our club takes extremely seriously. And, you know, before the parade, the first thing they put up on the socials and the first thing Klopp and Henderson did was they laid a wreath in at the Heisel Memorial. Um, but obviously that doesn't suit their agenda. So they don't want to... Um, they don't want to talk about that, but anyways, like with the whole parade thing for me, it was unbelievable, mate. Like I was supposed to go, obviously we didn't. Um, and I, I'm actually glad I, I watched it from home. To be fair, because I did the the tweets on TAT, all the quotes from the players and the manager was from myself, which was really fun to do. To be fair, and just hearing those words and then typing them, it just it made me feel like so wholesome like about these players, the team. Um, you know, I love these guys. And you're right, you you touched on it earlier. The people that tweet all day, that go into spaces, that just have this big thing about our season being a failure. I'm sorry, but you must not have been supporting this team for a long time. That's all I can say. Because in my books... Winning two of the, the trophies that you can win, the two domestics, two that we've not won under Klopp, two that we've not won in a very, very long time. We went all the way in the Premier League. Yes, we lost it in the final 15 minutes. That That's just unlucky. It's unfortunate. What did we get? Was it 92 points or 93? 92. 92 points. There we go. So that's our third 90-plus point tally in five years. Um, again, the Champions League final, very disappointing to lose that. But again, we only lost 1-0 to Real Madrid. We easily could have won on that night. If that Mane shot goes in, I truly believe it's a different game. I know it's all if buts, and people are going to say, oh, what a trophy for, what a Premier League and Champions League trophy for Liverpool Football Club. Fine, say what you want to say. But for me, these boys have given me so much this season. They've excelled so, like... So much more than anybody expected. If you cast your mind back to the start of the season, the journalists, the pundits, they were putting us fourth. A couple of them even put us fifth. So I said at the start of the season, we'll win the league. I was wrong by a goal. A, a goal is literally the difference between us winning the league and us finishing second. It's awful. I hate it. It's another season where people go, oh, the nearly team. Yeah, fine. It, whatever. But the Champions League again, a goal, fine. But the two Cups... 
I I don't know why they're being disrespected. The Carabao Cup, fine. Okay, that's not the most glamorous of cups. It's one that you kind of win to add to the others you win. But just for me, to, I was at that final and I'm telling you now, when you're actually in the ground at Wembley Stadium for a Carabao Cup final, you're not thinking this trophy is small, it doesn't matter. You're thinking that game is the biggest game you could be in at that present time and I want nothing more. When it went to penalties, I was petrified as if it was the Champions League final because I wanted to beat Chelsea so much. Um... But then the FA Cup, again, I don't know why that's been disrespected. I, I've been told for a very long time now that you must respect that trophy and that's one of the biggest trophies you can win in football. But all of a sudden we win it and it's like, oh, it's only the FA Cup. Oh, it's all right. It's, it, it doesn't matter because they didn't win the others. But no one's ever had that mindset about other clubs before. So for me, I went to a lot of games this season. It's the most I've ever been to in a, in a Premier League season for Liverpool and very humbled by my experiences and getting the chances to go to games because I know it's very tough for fans and tickets are hard to come by. But for me, I was just far too in love with this team this season to even consider going in on them after it. Like, fine, we didn't get exactly what we wanted. But if that's a bad season, what we had, we are a truly special club because not many teams in a bad season can win two trophies and play every single game that you possibly can. So... As long as I'm concerned, watching that parade, mate, the 500,000 Liverpool fans that were there, because that's what the reported number was, the day after we lost the Champions League final, you've got to remember that. I was doing the quotes, like I said, and so many of the players started their interview by saying, you know what, when we got on the bus today, we didn't really know what to expect, but these fans never disappoint us. And if they're saying that, if the fans are there, like, you try telling those guys that this season's been a failure, you try and tell the fans that were at that parade, you're actually celebrating failure. It's nonsense. I don't understand it. Of course, we all wanted the Prem. Of course, we all wanted the Champions League. But this team, for me, has proven that, OK, we're not going anywhere. They said we were finished after last season. They said that this team was out at their prime. They said this team will not compete. Chelsea are going to compete. City are going to compete. United are going to compete. But guess what I said? I said the team that finishes above Liverpool this season will win the Premier League. That's literally what I said. And I was right. Because I know how good these boys are. I know how good Klopp is. I know how good the fans are. And I'm just so happy with the team. Um, again, I must emphasise, I am disappointed in the Champions League. I am disappointed in the Premier League. But we go again next season. Like This team, the one thing history has shown us with this team is if we lose something big one season, the next season we come back and we do something. And like Klopp said, book your tickets to Istanbul because that is where we will be playing this time. Well, we would have played there this time next year. So... Yeah, that's what I was saying now. I thought it was just good to talk about that because you do see lots of stuff about it on Twitter, like, oh, failure, disaster, unsuccessful, and it's just a load of nonsense to me. But it is what it is. People will run their agendas all day long. Um, just moving on then, mate, you, you touched on it. A man that was at the parade but didn't look his usual smiley self. I mean, there were a few moments where he, like, put his fist to the badge and he smiled and that, but he just, yeah, he looked like it was a kind of a last dance with the fans but if you haven't figured out who I'm talking about it is Sadio Mane it does look like he is going to sign for Bayern Munich this summer which is in my opinion very disappointing but Connor, I'm going to let you go bro because I've, I've spoken for too long what are your initial thoughts on Mane leaving this summer um, do you think it's the the right time to let him go or would you have liked to see him get a new deal I would have liked to see him um, get a new deal personally He's one of those players that have stuck with us. He's been part of the whole Klopp era. Was was the man we spoke about when it was um, Firmino, Coutinho and, and Mane. 
the, the thing that I said in um, I spoke to my mates last night in the podcast about um, the Mane situation. We buy average players who can become world class with the right person behind them, yeah. and he's turned into a world class player that will be in the top three for the Ballon d'Or this year. Would have probably won the Ballon d'Or if we had won the Premier League and the Champions League, along with the other two domestics and then Afcon. He would have probably been favourite for the Ballon d'Or. Um, we can't really argue the wages that he wants because mm. it's not really in our structure. We've never been a club that spends loads and loads and loads on wage budgets like like Cities is with Haaland, and that's only an example because that's the first one that comes to mind. He wants 390 or something like that, and you can't really... I think can't just apply it for a 30-year-old, th- can you? I think it's slightly too much, personally, yeah. especially if... But like, like everyone says, you screamed at Salah for one in 400. But no one's having a go at Mane for one in 10k less. Mm. And I think to myself, where is the the balance? Okay, yeah. are you? Yes, we can't offer both of them the contract. We can't. We physically our wage budget would be through the roof, and that's not what we're like, and that's not the kind of club we are. If I would give it to either of them, I would give it to Salah, just because I know his consistency over the past few years has been phenomenal. But look, it's really sad to see him go. I. I'm sort of hoping for, for a swap deal kind of type thing with Mane and Lewandowski because I believe Lewandowski would shine on the clock now, um, especially with the two winners we have on, on in Luis Diaz and, and, and Mo. But that's me dreaming. I don't think that'll ever happen. And if it does, then we'll come back on the pod in two months' time and I'll sit here and I'll put my face cam on and I'll be jumping around my room because I love Lewandowski. <laughs> Lewandowski's one of my favourite ever forwards. Um, I play out front myself. And he's he is an inspiration. Huxman, yeah. To how I yeah to how I want to play. He's a lot like me. I'm quite tall and not very agile. He is. Um, <laughs> I'm not. But it's them type of players that I've looked up to all my life, and I watched them very closely purely because I play there, like in that position. And mm. you could ask me about any striker um, that we're interested in. I could give you full depth analysis about how they play, what their sort of play style is and how it will work. But that's not down to me. That's down to Michael Edwards and, and the board itself and how, what they want. But yeah, I, I think the letting them go for around 30 million is, is bizarre and quite silly. I think if we have to put a 40 million pound, um, sort of transfer on him and I say pounds because I don't think 40 million euros is enough for a player that has played exceptionally this year. But no, it's it's sad. Um, he seems to have his heart set on moving to the Allianz. Um, I think he scored something like 120 goals in 270 games for us. Um, yeah, it, it's a sad run, but it was going to happen at some point. And all I would say now is believe in our backroom staff because... We none of us thought we'd see anything like Diaz in the January, and uh, people, I hope you're listening because because of you, you gave us all hope in January. Yeah, spot on, mate. And look, Sadio Mane or Sadio Mane. Uh, I think Virgil calls him Sadio Mane. Um, 
Look, what a guy, first of all. First and foremost, he's one of my favourite ever players. Um, I've always maintained the fact that I won't ever turn on him. There was a period where many Liverpool fans were wanting him out, saying that we need to cash in or we need to sell Mane and rejiggle the front three next season. I was like, why? Why? Why do we need to do that? Why? Okay, he had a bit of a, a rough patch last season, but so did everyone else. Um, many players and many teams were affected by last season in so many different ways. So I said, what we'll do is we'll have next season and see what it does. And if he's that this again next season, okay, I, I'll I'll hold my hands up and say maybe it's time to move on. And again, there was there was periods of season where he, he did find it tough. Don't get me wrong, but when we put him up front. Oh my word, he he became a different player and I think he scored 23 goals and I'm pretty sure most of them are from the, the more central position. Um, and I actually made a compilation which um, was all of his goals this season to the see you again. It's been a long... That one. Um, I wonder why we can't and, see that anymore. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I prefer not to speak. But, um, <laughs> that, was a, that was a low blow, mate. <laughs> It's I've, still already raw, put, I've, already, I've already put my thing on Twitter. Don't worry, I've already, I'm already arguing that. Nice one, bro. I appreciate it. But uh, yeah, the, when you, when I, because I, I got all the clips and I had to watch through them and edit them together, and bro, you just realise this guy this season scored every type of goal possible. He scored from the wing. He scored headers. He scored volleys. He scored solo goals. You know. There was every type of goal in Sadio's 23 goals this season. And that, for me, is my concern, to be honest, because how how do we replace such an all-rounded player? He can play on the wing if needed. He can play up front. The only one I'm thinking of, which I don't know if we'll sign because of the money, is Nkunku. That's the one that everyone's saying, again, I made a comp of him, which got 1.2 million views. So that one is really tough to take because, yeah, that, that did really well um, on Twitter. But um, listen... Mane, you're saying that the 400k or whatever, maybe a bit less, 490, 390, sorry, 490. Wow, that would be a lot. But um, yeah, I, I agree, mate. I think if that is what he wants, then you know it is what it is. And I'm not, um, I'm not annoyed at Mane for asking that much money. To be fair, because he's probably looking at Salah, thinking, you know what, if he wants that money, if he's going to get that money, why can't I? Why can't I? Why can't I get that kind of contract? And at Liverpool, we was only ever going to offer one of them that deal. And we'll get on to Salah in a minute just to finish off. But those, like, they both weren't going to get a deal of that much. There was no way we was going to pay two players 800 grand a week. Never going to happen. So he's thought, you know what? I'm going to just go somewhere else because I've done everything at this club anyway. I've won everything there is to win, apart from Europa League. But who cares? Um, so, you know, I. It's kind of the end of an era. Like you've only got one career, haven't you? And he's what thirty, going thirty-one. So time is running out for him. I still think he's got three or four years left at scoring goals, especially at Bayern. I think he's going to kill that league, especially if he plays up front. He's going to be unbelievable. Um, like I say, you only get one career, so you've got to you've got to take these chances when they come. We've had him for six years now. It's been a very very good run. He's a player that we'll never forget. You know, when you look back at Jurgen Klopp's time at Liverpool, you'll think, Sadio Mane, what a legend that guy is. Not even just his football skills and his ability at football, just everything he stands for, how humble he is, uh, the stuff he does in Senegal, um, the money he pumps into his hometown, just everything about Sadio Mane 
just makes me so proud that he was a Liverpool player. And it is really sad to talk about this, I can't lie, um, because I'm not ready to see Mane go. I did want him to sign a new deal. Um, but yeah, I'm going to stop talking before a tear just streamed down my face, because that has happened before. Um, Sadio Mane, you're not listening to this. You'll never listen to this part. Well, maybe you will one day, who knows? But Sadio, I love you, man. And, you know... I will always support whatever this man does at Bayern. Um, just hopefully not against us in the Champions League. That would be nice. If you know we get Bayern in the Champions League next season, out of respect, Sadio, please just fake an injury or something. Um, that would be appreciated. But yeah, ah, the end of an era, it seems. I mean, there is still... Actually, there's no hope, is there? What, who am I kidding? There's no hope he's going to sign a new deal. But it's not confirmed yet, that's what I'm trying to say. And when it is confirmed, we'll probably be back on again doing like a transfer roundup and talking about it in more detail. But yeah, Sadio Mane, if this is the end, what a ride it has been. But moving on to his partner in crime, mate, Mo Salah. There's an interesting report coming out yesterday with Mo Salah that um, if a contract isn't agreed with Liverpool, he's not against a switch to a Premier League team. And I got... So annoyed when I read that. I don't know how you felt about that, but yeah, what are your thoughts about Mo Salah potentially playing for another team if we fail to agree terms with him? I saw um, I saw one of your tweets yesterday. Um, I retweeted it and I agreed with you fully. Listen, Mohamed Salah will not play for another Premier League club. Yeah, I don't care who you've listened to. You can ask any journalist you want in the world. Do whatever. I'm telling you. Read back his old tweets. Read everything he said about Liverpool. This man will not play for another Premier League giant. Maybe in the future, but not straight away. Never. And and the only reason people say that is because of how well he's done in England. I think that's a very key talking point. You know, he didn't really do that well in Italy. He sort of found his form in um, in England. And that's probably where he would want to stay, but I just don't. I don't see that happening ever, in my personal opinion. I can't see someone like Salah doing that to us. I agree. Um, the only two clubs, or there's probably three clubs that can afford him. To be fair, but he wouldn't go City. Like, there's no way. There's absolutely no chance he'd go Man United. And Chelsea already rejected him when he was young, so he probably still has a bit of a bit of taste about them. So. Look, I, I said it yesterday, mate. You saw the tweet spot on. There's no way he's playing for another Premier League club, in my opinion. If we don't give him the deal he wants, he'll go to PSG. That's how I feel. Or Real Madrid. I think it'll be one of those clubs. But you know what? It's one of them where I've I've constantly changed my mind about it. And that one minute I feel like, oh, I actually feel like he's going to sign. And then you see some more quotes come out and you're thinking, mm, that's not actually looking that promising. And then, you know, those journalists come out and say, oh, He's actually not against another Premier League club. And it's just scaremongering the fans so much um, that we actually don't know what to believe anymore, which is a shame because there was a time where these journalists, they'd tell us something and you'd be like, oh, that's that then. But now it's like the story can change. We saw it with sure many, um, you know, all the way through. We were being told that, oh, Liverpool is his preferred destination. Liverpool uh, are still leading the race and all this stuff. And I, I do believe that was true. Um, but obviously the Mbappe saga, him staying at, at PSG, it just gave Madrid so much more cash to play with. And instead of signing Mbappe, they've now gone and got one of the best young midfielders in the world. And 
they're not going to stop there. I think they're going to sign two or three more players with the money that they would have used for Mbappe. And had they signed Mbappe, I feel like they wouldn't have been able to sign anybody else. So we would have got sure many. But yeah, it is what it is, man. The, the best thing we can do is just trust in the board, uh, trust in the team, trust in the manager, because at the end of the day, it's all down to them. The, the scouts, the guys that are going to bring in the players this summer, trust them. Julian Ward, his first summer on his own without Michael Edwards looking over his shoulder. Um, hopefully he, you know, delivers just as Michael Edwards used to. Uh, but yeah, with Mo Salah, mate, uh, how do you, do you actually see this getting done or do you think it's going to end in a similar way to Sadio? Uh, I think we, for now, we take his word and saying that he will definitely finish his contract. Um, I wouldn't want to lose him on a free though, personally. I don't know how you feel mm. about that. I, I don't really want to lose a player like that on a free. But who knows? He might just sign a contract for a year and then sort of get sold next year or the year after. But again, it, it really depends. And it does make me wonder and don't even think about our future and where and where our future lies with, with this because it's a nervous it's nerv it's a nervous time, I think. Um most definitely. I'm really struggling at the moment to, to I'm trying to stay positive no matter what. But uh, I don't know. For now I'm just gonna believe him, saying that he'll see out this because that's what I want him to do. But who knows? Yeah, that's that's what we've got to do. We've just got to keep the faith in the team and just hope that everything's happening for a reason and there's a plan in place. I mean, Luis Diaz, an amazing signing coming in January, like you said, with Pipe. Big respect to him for breaking the news to us, coming on the pod, and he will be back. We're going to organise a transfer special coming up real soon, so stick around for that. Make sure you look out for that one. But, um, yeah, I mean, our scouts have never let us down with Klopp. You know, Carvalho is coming in. That's a player I'm excited for. It seems like he's going to be used in the first team as well. I read reports that he's not just going to come here to, you know, kind of sit around. He's actually going to be part of the team, um, which I'm excited for because I've watched a lot of Carvalho this season since we were linked with him for a long time. Well, Fulham have um, seen all of his goals, all of his assists, and he just looks like a player that would be very useful for our team. So, especially against low block sides, I think he'd be excellent. So, very excited for him. And then, you know, that's already two in, like, if you think about it. Because Luis Diaz was a bonus for last season. Um, he was actually supposed to come this summer. But, obviously, with the whole Tottenham wanted him, that just made us get him then. And that just makes me feel like that was the Mane replacement. And I know some of the journalists have said it's not. Look, you knew Mane was going to go at the end of the season. You wanted to bring in Diaz at the end of the season. But we brought Diaz in early because another team wanted him. So in my opinion, I feel like Diaz is the Mane replacement. And then what I want to see is I want to see Liverpool sign more of a traditional number nine. And by that, I don't mean Jota because he can play it. But there's something something missing about Jota. Like he's not a natural number nine. Do you know what I mean? Like He's kind of been developed into scoring goals, getting in those positions. But I want to see like a, a big number nine. Someone that can still play football. Um, but that's just a a goal scoring machine, like that's gonna just stand in the box and wait for Trent to whip them in, kind of thing, and just get twenty twenty five goals. That's what I want to see now from Liverpool. Lewandowski is an amazing shout, um, and if we did sign Lewandowski, it kind of would be a short term thing, but I think it would be very fun to to watch him at a club. But 
Look, we're going off on one. Uh, transfers are going to come on the TAT pod all summer long. We're going to make sure we put more content out. Just because the season's done doesn't mean we're finished. Uh, but Connor, thank you for joining me, mate. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, mate. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, mate, anytime. And if you have enjoyed this pod, please smash a like if you're watching it on YouTube or whatever. I think you can like it on Spotify, maybe? I don't know if you can. But if you're not following, make sure you're following the pod because, like I said, there's going to be loads of stuff coming out soon. Uh, if you're on YouTube, subscribe. And, uh, yeah, we, we will see you next time, guys. Take care and peace out. Sports Social Podcast Network.